0: Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: And fellas, that was just in the first hour of the show. Keyshawn, bring it in hot. Wait till you hear what he has to say about Trevor Lawrence. We talked about Baker Mayfield there. We talked about Big Ben. We talked about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers key on college football's number one quarterback in a very interesting comparison that is on the way hang tight for that but there is one other quarterback we want to talk about here on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance And we're trying to find some good things to say he's the quarterback of a one in five team with the Brinks truck showing up at his house Every two weeks. Let's welcome in Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. To get to that guy, that's Kirk Cousins. Mike, hang tight. I want you to listen to Kirk after the game yesterday. A demoralizing loss to the Atlanta Falcons, who are as wayward as anybody in the league. They absolutely whipped the Vikings. This is Kirk Cousins on his head coach Mike Zimmer's decision to not bench him, even though after the game he said benching could be in his future and the confidence he displayed in the second half of yesterday's game. You just have to play well, you know, in this business. And the reality is, if if the pace, you know, that I'm on in terms of the interceptions, if that were to continue,
2: uh, you know, I I won't finish the season. I won't, you know what I mean. So uh, there's a little bit of, you know, you got to improve. Whether it's,
1: you know, them telling me, hey, we got to improve, or or them pulling me, he got to get better. And, and uh, that'll be what the rest of the season will be about for me, you know, trying to uh, protect the football as best I can. uh, Because uh, when you turn the ball over, you know, it really hurts your chances to win. And um, I know that, you know, and uh, I just need to improve as, as we look ahead to the uh, rest of the season. Mike, I got to get your thoughts on that. This is a guy that his most recent contract was $66 million guaranteed on an extension, essentially saying, Maybe I need to sit. What do you make of this as a guy that's given out so many big money contracts to quarterbacks in your GM career?
3: You know, Zuman, I actually like what he said because that's showing leadership, which is I'm going to absorb criticism and I'm going to give out praise. We could compare that to what Greg Williams said last week about the Jets defense and the offense where it was not his fault and he was just putting gas on a fire. So (laughs) I actually like what Kirk Cousins says. They have some really young skill players. Irv Smith Jr. is still a young player. Justin Jefferson's replay- replacing Stephon Diggs. And it's going to take a little bit. So hopefully what he did is he took some of the pressure off of those young skilled players and put it on himself because he can handle it. Now, look, if it doesn't get better, they're only a one-win team. They're a massive disappointment. That conversation could get harder and harder. But I think for now, Zubin, I actually like it because he wants to put the pressure on himself where he can handle it.
4: Mike, I don't like it. But anyway, um, when you look at yesterday's Pittsburgh Steelers-Cleveland game, what did you make of Baker Mayfield?
3: Key, he's not good enough. He is the weak link to that team right now. You can look at any of the statistics where he's average yards per pass, completion percentage, it's all near the bottom. But when the pocket gets compressed and he has to bail out, he's just not fast enough to outrun leverage. And what we're seeing is when a team like Pittsburgh Key – That dominant front seven can make Cleveland play one-handed, even though they have these great weapons in Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. I think Baker Mayfield could very well be the weak link to this team, which is obviously young and it's improving. And if I'm the Browns, I'm concerned. That first pick six, he never saw Minka Fitzpatrick, who came down. They were playing like a one-robber. And Baker Mayfield never saw Fitzpatrick come down. And I think part of it is he has trouble seeing over bigger offensive linemen.
4: Let me, let me ask you this, though, Mike, and obviously it's easy to say it now from it for any of us. How do you make that mistake at the number one overall selection when, when they did? You mentioned not fast enough. Clearly you can see that in college he struggled to get away from certain people on that defense in college. He struggled to throw the ball over big offensive linemen. I, don't, I just don't understand how you miss on that.
3: You know, Key, I think he was very productive. He made people around him better. He, when he has time and it's a clean pocket, he's very accurate. He has good anticipation. And I think myself, along with a lot of other people, said, hey, look at Drew Brees. When Drew Brees has a firm pocket, he could take a seven-step drop, then work his way back into the pocket, has great arm talent. So we saw somebody with physical measurements, have a great career in Drew Brees, and I th- think a lot of people said if Brees can do it, Mayfield can do it.
4: You can't evaluate based on Drew Brees. It's an outlier, Jay.
0: I'll save that conversation for another time between you guys. I wanted to move on to the Patriots. And, um, you know, what, what happened in this game? What did you see from Cam? Obviously two weeks for Bill Belichick to prepare, but what do you see overall?
3: You know, Jay, Will, I'm still a believer in the Patriots, but I think they need to add another receiver. Last year, they went out. They gave up a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu from the Falcons. That didn't work out, but this is a team that needs another receiver because right now what we're seeing is the safeties are keying on Cam Newton as both a runner and a throw, and they're saying, hey – If we're going to lose and kill Harry, you're going to have to win one-on-one. And what we saw yesterday was when Julian Edelman got hurt, Julian Edelman was targeted six times. He only had two catches. They have nobody right now that's scaring an opposing defense. So of all the things we'll be talking about with the trade deadline, guys, look for the Patriots to add a receiver because I think if they do, they still have a chance to win the division.
0: Mike, last week you said that Trevor Lawrence was was a better QB prospect than you've seen in a long time. What makes him so special?
3: I think he's a combination, and Key knows this guy really well, Vinny Testaverdi and Andrew Luck. If he stopped playing football today in college, he'll have more rushing touchdowns than Kyler Murray, which is really remarkable when we talk about the athleticism of Kyler Murray. I think he can make all the throws. He's high character. He can process information. And there's really no holes in the game. And I think what's going to be interesting when we spin this story forward is... What happens if Trevor Lawrence doesn't want to go to New York? Could this be the first conversation we're having in the NFL since Eli Manning said, hey, I'm not going to be a San Diego Charger over a decade ago? And I think there's going to be a lot of speculation that if the Jets do wind up with the first pick in the coming months.
1: We'll see what happens. There's going to be a whole lot of orange on the field for Trevor Lawrence this coming Saturday. It'll be Clemson and Syracuse, and then once it's done, maybe a whole lot of gang green and a whole lot of Kelly green in his future as well. We'll keep an eye on Trevor Lawrence, like you said, most known for the hair and the arm, but maybe we should pay attention to the feet as well. Mike, thank you very much. You can always hear Mike's thoughts from a GM perspective every Monday morning here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Mike, thanks very much.
3: All right, thanks, guys thanks, Mike
1: great to have Mike Tannenbaum and his perspective on the program. You can catch Mike on Get up at eight Eastern as well. You were kind of shaking your head when he made that Trevor Lawrence comparison to Andrew well, not, Luck not even testimony. I
4: was just thinking still about the the uh Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield and how they evaluated him coming out like if if you go back and you look. I, I just don't understand what they're looking at sometimes. How, how, did, just, you, how it, did you
0: it, evaluate Baker Mayfield coming out I didn't out think of Baker
4: Mayfield was the top quarterback in the draft. I did not. And it's very clear. It's on record. You can find it. I did not. Um, Why? I just, first of all, you know I don't like smaller quarterbacks. That that In that comparison to Drew Brees, I like Baker personally. I helped him get, I helped him prepare for the draft, but I don't, of the combine, But I don't like smaller quarterbacks taking that high. I just, you know, everybody points to Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson landed in a perfect situation with the perfect coach and a perfect defense to bring him to where he is today. Hmm. That was a perfect situation. Drew Brees, perfect situation with Sean Payton. It was just a perfect situation. You can't just all, and not, neither one of those guys were taken as the number one overall pick. Now you fast forward to Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is great. I think he's a great quarterback. But if you're the New York Jets, you have bigger holes than Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. Your team sucks. It's the worst thing going. So you drafted a guy three years ago with the third pick of the draft because he was your Trevor Lawrence. He has nothing around him, nothing, zero zilch. Right? Nothing. He looks good at times and bad at times. With nothing around him. A coach that how he wind up coaching the New York Jets, will never know. Right? But you're ready to move on from him because you think Trevor Lawrence is the next Andrew Luck? What the hell did Andrew Luck win? He won some games? Went to an AFC championship game? Yep. The deflategate game. And, and that's it. Yep, It wasn't like They act like Andrew Luck turned out to be Peyton Manning, mind you. But when Peyton Manning was the number one pick, the Indianapolis Colts, they had a guy named Marvin Harrison who turned out to be a Hall of Famer. Is there any Marvin Harrison on the New York Jets? They had a guy there at the time named Marshall Falk. Then they drafted a dude named Edron James. Is any of them dudes anywhere around New York? Anybody like that on this team? So I don't understand why they think that the quarterback is the answer when they have one that they need to put pieces around, you take that number one pick and you trade it and you do what the Boston Celtics in basketball have done. You stockpile a bunch of picks and then you start to find guys that can help you build your damn team. I understand the sexiness. He threw for five touchdowns against Georgia Tech in the first half. They blew him out. He looks like the, uh, the part. He played it. It's, it's great. We should sign him up. But you got bigger holes on your team than the quarterback. Use your brain, fans. That's all I'm saying.
1: Use your brain. Key, very passionate there on defending Sam Darnold and his thoughts on Baker Mayfield. It only seems appropriate. We're asking you this morning on our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, better chance to be their starting quarterback next year. Sam Darnold with the Jets. Key's in passion defense. What does he have? Or Baker Mayfield, what does he have after yesterday? 82%, this is overwhelming, have said Baker including E underscore contrarian at E underscore contrarian, who just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. He said, quote, should be Baker, considering the talent he has around him, but the Jets will more than likely receive the first pick and will choose that QB the media is hyping up as the savior of football. They would have the first overall pick right now. They're the only winless team. I'm telling you, don't do it. In football, Key has put the warning out to his old franchise. Still to come, the one dude yesterday in the NFL that nobody— wanted to lay a hand on. That's next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, the podcast.
5: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: So many amazing quarterback stories to get you up to date on week six of the NFL. We'll close tonight. We'll have the Chiefs and the Bills at 5 o'clock on Fox. That was postponed from last Thursday. Be a good game. And then at 8.45, Key will sit down with Ezekiel Elliott in preparation for the Cowboys' big game against the Arizona Cardinals. Another
4: interesting game.
1: As Kyler Murray, Texas high school football legend, returns to the Lone Star State, Arizona's first Monday night game since 2017 when they lost to Dallas. That'll be on ESPN at 8.15, so that'll put a wrap On week number six, as for what already happened in week number six, key observations brought to you by Geico. It's Geico Ween. Switch to Geico and see how much you could have been saving. It'll haunt you. Let's go.
0: Broncos and Patriots.
1: Well,
4: what I learned from this football game is that, that Cam Newton layoff really hurt. I mean, you clearly could see where Cam struggled to deliver the football, pull himself back from the line of scrimmage and underneath the center to hit the back foot throw the ball in sync when he lost Julian Edelman. Obviously, things completely changed for him. He was off target a couple times in that game. We made you, you saw that that layoff was very problematic. And and Cam referenced that in his post-game press conference that he, he needs that one back and he'll do better next time out, which I certainly believe will be the case.
0: Bears and Panthers.
4: You know, you say the Bears, right? Five and one. Could it be? How could that happen? They replaced uh, Trubisky with Nick Foles. And, you know, we've been basically saying, ah, Nick Foles, Nick Foles. They're 5-1 and one now. They're 2-1 and one with Nick Foles under the helm. They took care of business against the Carolina Panthers. What more can you say? The only thing you could do is tip your hat off to Matt Nagy and company, and he got it right when a lot of us poke fun at it.
0: Texans at Titans.
4: You know, it, it, watching that, Texans Titans game yesterday. I really thought Romeo Cornell was getting ready to get two in a row. He mm. kind of, in my opinion, screwed up the two point conversion, but then nobody wanted to get in the way of Derrick Henry. They was like, uh, you know what, bro? We're going to try them legs. We don't want to wind up on Sports Center all night long, but you wind up on Sports Center any damn way because you're afraid to touch this dude. Business decision. Business decision. <laughs> Man, tackle that dude. Let that dude just run all over the place like that. And then again, your neck might be hurting the next day.
0: (laughs) Bengals and Colts.
4: This one was interesting to me because the Bengals was out 21 donut at once upon a time. And I was like, oh, okay. But guess what? Phillip Rivers stayed the course. He stayed with it. He got in sync at some point in time at the end of that game. They put it on Phillip Rivers to throw that ball, and he decided to turn around and tell everybody to be quiet. I don't want to use shut up in this world that we're living in right now. I'm just going to say be quiet. Bench me for what? He stayed. They're right in it in the division. It's between Tennessee and Indianapolis for that division. With Philip Rivers playing poorly, if they're still in it. Mm. Falcons and Vikings. Now this one here is speaking of playing poorly. Ooh, uh. This is a this is a bad football team. I I picked Minnesota to win the division at the beginning of the year. I thought when they went out and got Jefferson from LSU to replace Diggs that went to Buffalo in the trade, that they wouldn't miss a beat. I thought the defense would be solid and sound. They wouldn't trade it for uh, Yannick Ngakwe from Jacksonville. So I was like, oh, the defense is going to be good, man. They're going to be solid. The young secondary will get, get plenty of help from the pass rush on the defensive side. Eh, so much for that.
1: And those are keys observations after the game. If you were watching it, an observation from most members of the media when Minnesota head coach Mike Zimmer was asked this. Is there ever a thought like when he's struggling like that to, to make a change just for the second half, just to be able to give the offense some life and maybe a fresh start? No. As simple as that, cloning Belichick with the one-word answer. So that's the deal on one of the NFL's quarterbacks that's really struggling. The legendary quarterback Jim Kelly, by the way, will join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. We will find out here for you in just a second. Jim Kelly will join us here at nine ten Eastern. He'll have a chance to watch Josh Allen tonight in the Monday Night Double Dip, and we'll ask him if finally Josh Allen might be the answer. The heir apparent. Kelly retired after the nineteen ninety six season. Have they finally found their yeah? Not much.
4: Yeah, not much difference there. Sean Mannion from Oregon State—that was the Rams' backup for a couple years. Yeah, stick with Cousins.
1: Not going to come in and save. <laughs> yeah, you might as well. Like
4: a, they might as well just stick with Cousins at that point. I see why Coach Zim was like, "No, <laughs> Case Keenum
1: ain't walking through that door in 2017 anymore." You, you know
4: what's so interesting though is when teams—I I don't get it when teams move on from guys because Case Keenum had him in the mix, right? He was there NFC Championship. And you just team. stay with that. You really went out. And, and Coach Zim is my guy. He really went out and got Kirk Cousins as if Kirk Cousins was Aaron Rodgers. I just. 84 mil. Fully I, I, didn't, I don't get it. I don't get what they look at. Because I would have just stayed with Case, uh, Case Keenum and paid him a few million bucks. And he'd have been happy. And we'd have ran the same stuff that we ran to get us to the NFC Championship game. Because I did not elevate the quarterback position. It wasn't like I elevated to another level. I I just don't get it.
1: And I don't get it at all.
0: On his key observations or on that? I stopped listening to Key's observations a long time ago. Just like <laughs> I stopped listening to his rankings. They changed too much for me. The real keep, rankings? I can't keep track of them. Seven, nine, thirteen well, we, observations. Well when five, we do it we do
4: it this week after these two games, you you'll be paying attention. Okay. All right. That's how come you you just like listeners and twitter Twitter followers and all that. You don't pay attention, but you pay attention because if you didn't pay attention, you wouldn't be saying what the numbers are, whether it was seven, five, nine. That means you're paying attention. That's
0: all I care about. I feel like I walked away from that comment even more confused than I was going into it.
1: Everybody's paying attention, Key, to both the Steelers <laughs> and the Titans. Here they are, they're both undefeated. It's the game that was postponed, it was made up. And I just let's get into it. It's an early talk about the game of the week in many people's opinions, two undefeated teams, a litmus test game, if there ever was one. Remember, to Jay's point, it's all about who is on your schedule. Right now the Titans have 5 wins, but 3 came on the foot of Steven Goskowski and yesterday came in overtime. Doesn't it's matter. Clutch, right? And they it need it, it. They get
4: doesn't It doesn't matter how you get to the final destination, right? As long as you get there, you, the Bears, you can fly and I can drive. We got there. You may get there faster, but we still in the same building. And, and so when you look at the style of play, when you talk about the Steelers, the Bears, the Titans, they all got a formula, which is no mistakes, play defense and run the ball well. And every now and then our quarterback can make a big throw. And that is how you win successfully.
0: Key, can I tell you what I'm so excited to watch? Derek Henry is becoming one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL. That's the story. I feel like I am playing NFL Madden. I'm playing Madden, and I'm just truck-sticking people
4: left and right. (laughs) Just just truck-sticking people over. You do understand that they paid him. Yeah. He's a running back. No, I'm I, just saying. I understand that they paid. But those him. people that say return on investment, you don't, good. you don't pay running backs. Oh, here they we go paid. With, I'm just saying. Here we go with this comment. They again. paid. Let's him. just.
0: Are we talking about winning Super Bowls?
4: No, no. I'm. I'm. I'm saying that people out there that say you don't pay running backs, they paid him. That's all I'm saying. And you see what he's you, giving them.
0: I'm not going to allow you to distract me away from my original point. My original point was seeing Derrick Henry play, seeing him. Punish his opponent, which he did yesterday, and then seeing the history that the Steelers have in controlling the running game. Look mm-hmm. what they did to Kareem Hunt: thirteen carries, forty yards. Right? I've seen him do it to Saquon Barkley, the, a numerous amount of running backs. You know, can Derek Henry punch through that pass that rush defense? Can he do that?
4: Yeah, he can. I think he. I think he can. It's going to be difficult, but I think he can. He's a he's a attacking, abusive, a, a, a abusive running back. He a, he he comes downhill with force. People turn it down in the secondary. They don't want to tackle him. They try to go for his legs. Um, but I think I think Pittsburgh will be ready for that. They'll come with a different type of combination. Um, I think they'll force Tannehill to beat him. If I know Mike Tomlin, he's going to want Tannehill to beat him with the arm you know, and, and take everything away from Derrick Henry.
0: If the Steelers come out of the next two games, one and two, then I think they're legit. Because the same argument that I've used for the Packers, I can kind of use for the Steelers. They play the Giants, the Broncos, the Texans, mm. the Eagles, the Browns. The Browns have been better this year than what right. they were lot Understood. But if they, can get, if they can get a win over either the Titans or the Ravens, one and two, like, okay, then be that Super Bowl contender I said that you could be.
1: We'll see what ends up happening. And just last word on Derrick Henry. Yeah, he's the bell cow. Not only did Derrick Henry get paid. I mean, let's be honest. Derrick Henry got Ryan Tannehill paid. I mean, they came within a whisker of the Super Bowl last year, and now they're both playing great football.
4: But that that just – they were happy with what Tannehill gave them. Right. So they paid him. That That's like the Case Keenum conversation. They didn't go out and try, and they flirted with Tom Brady for conversation, negotiation standpoint – with Tannehill, but they got that deal done with Tannehill. And they didn't switch and say, oh, we got to go get this quarterback. No, they stay and they look where they're at now and again.
1: Remember, he threw for 87 yards in a playoff game last year and they gave him $85 million because the fit is there and Derrick Henry is no small part. That's like a million
0: dollars. Yeah, that
1: that, (laughs) that works out well. It's a good rate of return. Now, you love the rev show. That's a good return on investment (laughs) right there. Straight ahead, P A N I C. Or R-E-L-A-X for Aaron Rodgers with RQB on the Packers QB after Sports Center.
5: Bellinger back in. Martin the 2-2.
4: Swing and a drive. Deep right field. On its way. Bellinger watches it go out of here. Cody Bellinger absolutely crushed it to right. And here, in the bottom of the seventh,
3: the Dodgers four and the Braves three.
1: That was, for the moment, the biggest hit of the Dodgers season. Bigger ones ready to come in the World Series. They defeat Atlanta 4-3 in Game 7, win the Series 4-3. They were down 3-1. They were down 2-0 in Game 7, but they rallied to get it done in advance of the World Series for the 21st time. The Rays advanced on Saturday night, knocking out Houston. So it will be Tampa and the Dodgers, both teams built by one man. We'll talk about that coming up in a half hour. Fascinating subplot to the World Series. Every World Series game on ESPN Radio, pregame coverage, 7 Eastern tomorrow night. Commissioner Manfred will join us tomorrow at 9.30 Eastern on the show, the commissioner of Major League Baseball. So I mentioned great Saturday night for a Tampa Bay Rays, great Sunday for the Tampa Bay Bucks, handing Green Bay their first loss of the season, whipping the pack 38-10. Green Bay got out to a 10-0 lead. But then Brady woke up, defense was opportunistic. We'll talk about it with our QB Dan Orlovsky here in one minute on what he saw from both of those two legendary QB's. By the way, Tampa is clean as possible. First team since 99 that had a game with no penalties. Bruce Arians is going to love that. Plus, double dip on Monday night. Yet again, this is the third time this season we've had a Monday night double dip in the first game. The Chiefs and the Bills, who were supposed to play last Thursday, will play today on Fox kickoff at 5 p.m. Eastern time and then on ESPN at 815 Eastern. The Cardinals and the Cowboys, Arizona, playing its first Monday night game since they played the Cowboys. In 2017, Key sat down with Ezekiel Elliott. You'll hear part of that interview coming up this morning at 8:45 Eastern. And Sports Center is brought to you by Shell. Get more time to listen to our show by going to Shell and getting three things done at once. First, fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus. Then save up with the Fuel Rewards program. Finally, snack up to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell
3: like we needed a little bit of a wake-up call at some point this season because things have been so good. We might need to add an extra
5: finger to the scotch. You know, I think we need to kind of a kick in the ass a little bit.
1: That, the voice of Aaron Rodgers after his team lost by 28 and was outscored 38 unanswered after racing to a 10 nothing lead with America watching yesterday with those two future guys that'll be in Canton. They shared a field in Tampa. Dan Orlovsky shares a Set with us, just a couple hundred feet away. He joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. You can see Dan coming up on Get Up in less than a half hour with Greeny and Company. All right, from Greeny and Company, Dan, let's just start with Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, a couple picks. Line didn't give him great protection. He sounded off after the game. What did you see that confused Aaron Rodgers yesterday?
6: Yeah, Zuma. Before I answer that, I just wanted to ask Jay. Will uh, did you learn when that Bad Boys was playing? Did you learn to dance like that watching Seinfeld? Or <laughs> oh, how, oh wow! How, how Someone's did, listening to
0: this show. Wow, Dio. you're coming at to? me this early in the
6: morning? With I, the I'm just reference? trying to like, how, how can I become a little bit more well-rounded as a dancer? You know, uh, nah,
4: as you, well you,
0: as you, as well as Rudy too. Let's not let you, that you one slide. you can you can come to Brooklyn and hang out with us a little bit. We can teach you how to do uh, that.
6: Dance. Dan, that's a uh, lane listen, dance, by the way. Yeah, it was it was well done. Um, you know, Green Bay offensively. Here's the thing with with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay kind of wants to dictate to you when when they want to do things and how they want to do it. And so when Todd Bowles was dialing up, you know, his blitz package, it was a little bit of a run focus and it was a little bit of a pass focus. Green Bay's really good at using their motions, and what Todd Bowles decided to do was once they utilized a motion wherever the motion started, they were pressuring from that motion. And so that was really good because then they got matchups, Levante David on a tailback a bunch and some play action. They got a moving target on their offensive tackles. And so that really messed with Green Bay's plan. And then, listen, their secondary played really well. They gloved up on the outside really well. And so they never allowed Green Bay to kind of get in any form of a rhythm as a play caller. And then at the end of the day, when, when it got to passing situations, they moved Kong Sue around. They they moved Jason Pierre-Paul around. They got Levante David on great matchups. And so if this is the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense that we see, this team's going to the Super Bowl. This is a defense that has had moments of dominance this year, and they did it yesterday to the offense that had been the best in football so far. Dan, we
4: talked a lot uh, over the last couple of weeks about Baker Mayfield and his play and what uh, Stefanski was doing from an offensive standpoint and helping him out. What you saw
6: yesterday, is it concerning with Mayfield? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time, Key. You know, I actually – so we're going to break this down on Get Up today. The first pass play of the game for Cleveland is an elementary pass play. It is called stick or stick dragon, as you know, Key. Yes. It's two stick routes to the field and a slant fat, flat to the boundary. Key, you know this. A quarterback is taught. Two high safeties, you work the stick route. One high safety, you work the slant flat. This is the first pass play of the game for Cleveland. And – the the Steelers go from a single high to a two high at the snap. He should be working the stick. He goes to the flat. In that moment, I, in my group text, I said, uh-oh, his fatal flaw just showed on the first play of the game. He cannot see pre- and post-snap change. He, de- he does not diagnose it. But how, so how does, that, how does that happen,
4: though, Dan? Is, it his, is his eyes
6: going down to the yeah, ground you know, in pre-snap? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times because you're in the shotgun. But I, I just think he he thinks – Okay, my picture's been taken it's not going to get changed right he I got my Polaroid and he doesn't realize that the iPhone has got the live image and it can change <laughs> you yes. know yeah and it's it's almost like okay they're they're in single high safety I'm gonna work there. And then when it changes, it's like, uh-oh, what do I do with the football? And you get so stuck on your commitment of what the read is going to be. Because the very next play key is the pick six for Minka. And they start in two high, and at the snap, they spin to a one-high defense. And it's almost – I mean, you don't, you don't throw that ball unless you have no idea that Minka Fitzpatrick is, is there. You just He thought there was nobody in the middle of the field because of a two-high shell. And so that – because here's the thing that's concerning about it to me. It's, it showed up as a rookie, which it does a lot of guys – it showed up a ton last year, and then the fact that it's still showing up in an offense that it should not in a third year, that to me is going, man, are you ever going to fix your fatal flaw? Because if you don't, you're only going to hold back the offense. Mm.
0: All right, so the Steelers and the Titans play next week, uh, big matchup with the unbeatens. What What is the casual fan missing about Ryan Tannehill? What makes him so special, Dan?
6: Now they got to change the. They got to change their glasses. they Everyone's looking at him through the lens of the Miami Dolphins, and he's no longer that player. Jay, he's not the same guy that he was in Miami. Ever since he came over to Tennessee, we have to look at him as what he is. He's a top ten quarterback. He is Andy Pettit, and Derrick Henry is Mariano Rivera. Like he's a top ten quarterback, and everybody knows when we at, at the end of the day how we judge quarterbacks. What do you do on third down? What do you do in the fourth quarter? What do you do when the game is on the line in, 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 in passing situations? He's top ten in everything. He might be top five in fourth quarter performance, in red zone performance, and in third down performance, he's a top six or seven quarterback. That's who Ryan Tannehill is. He got a great play call on Arthur Smith. That guy will be a head coach next year. And his tailback is outstanding, and the scheme is great, yes, but at the end of the day, players have to go make those plays in those situations, third absolutely. downs, fourth quarters, and red zone. You gotta go make the plays, and Tannehill has done that ever since he became their starter.
4: A- absolutely, Dan. You're hundred percent right. We we're having a conversation about the type of quarterbacks. Everybody thinks that you gotta have a Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl, and I don't believe that. I think you have to be in the right situation, the right system, playing defense, not turning the ball over, doing exactly what Tannehill is doing. Let me ask you this question. In, Who's the starting quarterback next year? Baker Mayfield for the Cleveland Browns or Sam Darnold for the New York Jets?
6: Wow, that's a great question. Uh, I think it's more likely that Baker Mayfield will be. Um, I think yeah, the Jets like are going to get the number one pick. I don't like that. I think they should get the number one pick, and they're going to take Trevor Lawrence, and that's <laughs> the right decision. That doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that Sam Darnold – this is the best thing that could happen to Sam Darnold, Key. It's I, the best
4: I th- no, I get it, but I just don't – I don't know. Well, I, I, just don't I don't like think it.
6: either of them, you know, as I sit here today, October, you know, I don't know, 19th or whatever it is. Like, I don't think either of them are going to be the starting quarterback for their organization. But which one is more likely? I just think it, it is almost a guarantee that the Jets will have the first pick. And when they do, it is a 100 percent certainty that they will draft Trevor Lawrence.
0: What makes him so different? Because we have Mike Tanabon up on here saying, that he, oh, he's a combination of Testaverdi Verde and a guy like Andrew Luck, and Key kind of went off. I was like, Andrew Luck never won anything. So Key's yeah. saying stick with Sam Darnold, but everybody else is obviously on the Trevor Lawrence game. So,
6: yeah, and I, and I, I want to preface this, Jay, with like, listen, man, I love Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold will be a baller in, in the NFL. He will go to Indy or Pittsburgh or San Francisco somewhere and play really well next year. What makes Trevor Lawrence different? I actually had the Clemson game This past weekend, this is my third or fourth time calling a Trevor Lawrence game, and I called the national title, Eddie. He struggled in last year. He's the most talented player we've got coming out of college at the position in, you know, probably since John Elway, just physical talent-wise, and it's his second-best attribute. It's his second-best asset. Jay, this kid is obsessed with perfection. I asked him, because I did the national title game for the Megacast, and I I asked him uh, this week on Wednesday, hey, Trevor, what did you learn about yourself coming out of that national title game? He said, I knew I was getting away with things that were going to catch up to me. I knew that I wasn't trusting my pocket and it was going to catch up to me. And I knew that I was bouncing and, and forcing my shoulders to go up and down and that I was losing accuracy because of it. And I knew that at some point it was going to show itself, and it showed itself in the national title game. Imagine being 20 years old, the best player in the country, and saying that. Like The, the self-awareness to get better. The want to to become perfect in every little thing is at at like a maniacally high level. And so he's ridiculously talented. He makes every kind of throw in the the right situations. He's a crazy big athlete. He's got high-end, high-end smarts. But he is obsessed with trying to become the absolute best at every little thing. That's why it's a no-brainer.
1: That's incredibly humble. Remember when they lost that championship game to LSU? Clemson was looking for its 30th straight win. The guys know nothing but winning and winning at the highest level, so to be able to essentially separate that, compartmentalize and say, there's still plenty of room to get better, even though I'm the quarterback of one of the greatest teams in the modern era, does say something. Last note, according to our Football Power Index, the Jets do have the best chance to get the number one overall pick in the draft, largely because they are the only team in the league without a win and have one of the (laughs) toughest remaining schedules, which includes a date with the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. Dan's got a date with Get Up Greeny and Company coming up in 20 minutes. We'll look for you there. Thank you so much. Dan.
0: Dio, how would you dance? How would you dance to the music? Let Give me, me some Elaine on the way out the door. Me Give me Elaine on the, the way music. out the door. Since I don't, I don't know how cried. to dance.
1: <laughs> it's a show I didn't hear the
0: music. They do not do the They can't do the music. Just show me how you. So you You're a bobber. I don't, uh, oh, here we go.
4: That's a little better than you, Jay. I'm sorry <laughs> to say. I'm I to Seinfeld Say, man, that's why, hey. He's First a little so, bit. He's a LA. little bit. He don't bit know how we dance in New
0: York. Nah, he don't know how we dance here in New York. <laughs> I, that's somewhat closer. I do know that closer. you are you a know, Seinfeld, Seinfeld major fan. I do Keep know me that. Out here trying to crip walk to everything. I mean, <laughs> man, we don't crip walk on the West, on the East Coast.
1: <laughs> Dan, you thank you very much. It's a show about nothing. Dan, giving us a little something. ESPN <laughs> NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Brought to you by Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Still to come. Three teams, add them up, a combined 15 and one, and they've all gotten there doing it the exact
2: same way. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Subin, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us
3: for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Start with MLB, from A to Z,
1: a little alphabet soup. The Dodgers win. Yeah! The NLCS, a lot of letters here. MLB, NLCS, key asking for that home run by Cody Bellinger, the biggest hit of the Dodgers season to get out and key to bludge The I don't baseball like of bludge. I don't like it. It got out. <laughs> Dodgers win the game 4 3. They win the series 4 3. They were down 3 1 backs against the wall, forcing a game seven. They were down 2 nothing early in game Try seven. Chill, y'all. He said it all along. Even when they were down 2 nothing, What did you say? It's you a long it series. He was nervous. I'm <laughs> trying to say like he
0: spoke with confidence throughout this whole series.
1: Corey Seager was the NLCS MVP. Unbelievable. Five home runs, 11 RBI. That is one of the best stat lines you'll ever see in a league championship series. The Dodgers will take on the Rays tomorrow. We'll talk about the man that put together both squads. One guy helped the Rays get to prominence and the other to put the Dodgers over the top. It's the same guy. And we'll talk about him in 11 minutes. Game one of the World Series tomorrow, ESPN Radio, 7.30 Eastern. Pregame, every single game, every single ball, every single strike can be heard on ESPN Radio. Hear me loud and clear, said Tiafimo Lopez on Saturday night. He upset Vasily Lomachenko to become the youngest four-belt champion since the WBO... The World Boxing Organization was founded back in 1988. Big win on ESPN Saturday night. This was a gigantic fight. Many people said this was the biggest fight since the pandemic began. Boxing has really been in a lull, has been behind UFC, especially during the pandemic with the Ultimate Fighting Championship, just basically going full speed ahead. But this was a big spot for boxing and a big spot for Lopez, Winning on the cards, 116-112, 119-109, 117-111. Say hello to boxing's newest star.
0: That was our biggest thing, if Lopez could out- Box Lomachenko and he did.
1: Yep. Those are the odds. We talked about it on Friday. For those of you that love to gamble and everything, including the sweet science and the sweet voice of Mike Doc Emmerich, the legendary voice of the National Hockey League is going to retire. According to NBC Sports, his employer, he's 74 years old. He is a living legend. I grew up in New Jersey. He has been the voice of the New Jersey Devils for decades and people that don't even love hockey. Love Mike Doc Emmerich. He is a cancer survivor. And simply put, the executive producer of NBC Sports is a guy named Sam Flood. And he said what many, many people have believed for a long, long time. Flood, quote, Doc is a national treasure. Simply put, he's one of the best ever to put on a headset. Congratulations and enjoy retirement, Doc. Henry is in the gun. Okay. It's the
4: king cat. Henry running to the left. It's a
6: touchdown, Tyrell! Go, win, 42 to 36. As Arthur Smith
4: comes with the King pass for the final five yards and the victory.
1: King Henry, indeed. For those that are not familiar with Arthur Smith. Get used to that name. Dan Orlovsky, our dozen-year NFL quarterback, who was with us just a few minutes ago. He's the Titans' offensive coordinator Key, and he said Arthur Smith this time next year is going to be a head coach in the NFL. So just get used to knowing that name. We're always thinking about the hot young assistants. Welcome back to Keyshawn (laughs) J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Bottom line here. Wait, 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 wait. Why'd you wave your hands like that?
4: Because I'm I'm not, everybody's going to be a head coach next year. I mean, that's.
1: This guy's well-regarded
4: though, isn't he? They all are well-regarded when you're undefeated. That's just the <laughs> so nature of the NFL. Oh, he's going to be a head coach. He's really a bright mind. You know, whatever. Okay. Well, well,
0: at least I didn't say brilliant mind. You know. Moving on.
1: Right. All right. Well, yeah, from a 5-0 team to an 0 and 6 team, if you're referencing Adam there, we'll get into that a little bit later. Bottom line, let's take a look at the formula for some of these teams to win, including Tennessee, who has won some really, really close games, including yesterday in OT. The Texans have them on the ropes if Romeo Cornell, the interim head coach, says let's Jeez. kick an extra point, we'll go up by eight. We got less than two minutes to go. The Titans got one timeout. I mean, we're going to force them to score and then go for two. We could be in a really good position. Instead, he goes for two, and then everything goes the other way for the Titans.
4: Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a smart move by Romeo at all. <laughs> I I just kicked the field goal, man. You got too cute in that situation, you know, and and it wound up costing them in the end. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm sure. When he goes back and he thinks about it, he'd love to have that one back again. He had an opportunity to get out of there with a W and upset the Titans, and he just put them in a bad situation when they did that.
0: So here's here's what confused me when we get into analytics and things of that sort. According to ESPN's win probability calculator, Zubin.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that.
0: Keyshawn with the smile. Yeah. The Texans had a 98.2% chance to win if they kicked the field goal, the extra point. Mm-hmm. And a 98.1% chance to win if they went for two. Negligible, right? Yeah,
1: huh?
4: You you do understand. And the reason I laugh is because I don't need to look at that to get, kick the damn field goal, <laughs> we going to win. I understand. I, I don't, don't need to get the computer at all. And I don't just, need to do crunch that. the numbers kick, here. The field goal, go up, stop him, you win.
0: It's just that damn simple. Safe to say, There's Key will not, not be utilizing that... analytics in his future coaching endeavors.
4: Well, th- you're probably right. You're probably right. I probably wouldn't because my eyes tell me kick the field goal,
1: we win. That's all I'm saying. The Titans win their 5-0. They'll take on the Steelers, who have been winning very similar fashion to the Titans, just playing good, sound football. And the Bears, despite their record, no matter what anybody says, their record is what they say they are, right? Yeah, it's, it part is sounds. what it is, 5-1. Can't complain. Still to come, the man that built both the Rays and the Dodgers. That's next.
0: Keyshawn, Jay,
5: Will, and Zubin, the podcast.